One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. After five long years, a global pandemic. And endless lockdowns. It's finally time for Europe's best to come together for Euro 2020 in 2021. So, from all of us at Footy Prime, the podcast, last uns diese Party starten, latit feast behinen, vamos comenzar esta fiesta, que la fête commence, vamos empezar esta fiesta. Let's get this party started. Yes, indeed, exciting times. We are just on the eve of Euro 2020 Thanks, JC, for that fantastic opener. James Sharman, Brendan Dunlop, Craig Forrest, and Dan Wong here with you. And we'll get to Euro very shortly, but we have to talk about beforehand Canada for Suriname nil. And just how otherwise intelligent people can be just so, so fucking wrong. And just so so stupid, buying into this this narrative that Suriname's actually a relevant footballing force and could cause Canada some real issues. Turns out they couldn't. They were dreadful. Not as bad as Cayman Islands, but then again, nor was Score United back in the day. Um, but they were very good. Craig, let's start with you. You know, you are the the, the cultured season pro. You played in Concacaf at the very very highest level that you bought into this nonsense, Craig. What happened? Right. Any apologies for the audience? Well, well, hold on a minute. I, I said three for Canada. It was four. They hit and, the post, missed a sitter. And? That was my two. <laughs> He's right. He what have, could have, should have. They were poor, weren't they? Can we just admit that? And, and that, you know, I think that the hype machine was in overdrive, mainly because I think Canadian fans... Are always expecting something bad to happen, right? And nothing is easy for Canadian football fans. And is that why they were jumping aboard this bandwagon, almost preparing themselves for for failure? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know, lucky you that you have the uh, the emotional resilience of an elephant, and that you forget the pain of the past. But I'm I mean, an England fan, B. Remove the three lions from it, and all of a sudden, you're just this, you know, positive person here that looks through, uh, you know, these these beautiful glasses. Whereas we remember the past. There's, there's a lot of fog and dirt and pain on the lenses that we're looking through. Who's clicking on something? Me, I'm just me great. To well, stop. It's Craig, isn't it? Stop doing that. <laughs> if only the audience 
knew just what we've been going through the last hour. <laughs> so, we started this show 40 minutes ago. Yeah. But okay. okay I'm so, sorry, Sharps. So, I have to call you Nostrasharmus. You, you nailed it, brother. Nailed it. Nostrasharmus. Yes. Yeah, look, people should be talking about your four zip. I mean, I was close. I was five zip. So I took yours, <laughs> added, added, added a goal. But Nostrasharmus, that's what we're going to be calling you from now on. You know, and, and all joking aside, I'm so wait, wait, rarely, hold on a minute. Right. Hold, hold on a minute. You got one result right. What's your point? What's your point? But when I got the Champions League final and the... Why are you living in the past? All the Premier League. Because <laughs> someone has to. You won't. That's a balanced <laughs> life right now. Hey, no one's happier than me. I thought that was great. Like, I mean, as far as... I thought they could have taken a little bit earlier but you know what they managed the game really well at the end of the day you can't blame anybody for how it went they did it perfectly and I think that's where John Herdman has uh that a lot of coaches haven't is that experience at um you know even though you could say he was putting a lot on running the score up on other games to give him that option or that little bit of leeway as far as the draw against Hernan would go you say, well, why would you worry about it? But you know, why wouldn't you? And just in case there was a disaster, I think Germany just had a, you know has had results before uh, not that long ago that uh, were surprising. So uh, the, all in all, they managed a, a very easy situation. Well, because let's face it, these teams are not even close to uh, in the same quality as Canada, which is great as far as I can see. Because I don't think Haiti is either. I think they're probably maybe on the same par as what we just saw with Suriname. I don't think they're as good as they have been in the last few years either. So it sits uh, very kindly for Canada, I think. What do you guys think? I know it was said on Twitter a few times, but I think, you know, a great, a great example being that Canada's had some very good players in the past, but rarely have they had players who could have a bad night and still take over and win a game. And you had that against Suriname. Two guys that didn't really have good nights at all, but when they needed to in the second half, turned it on, took over the game, and won it handsomely in the end. I think, yeah, I think looking at this Canadian team right now, pushing forward in attack, we've never seen anything like this, right? We just haven't ever, uh, as Canadian football fans. Defensively, yeah, we know, I think we've had some pretty good defensive teams in the past. Canada's always been pretty decent defensively. Uh, I think you could say they've been stronger in the past, Craig. You probably played on some teams which might be stronger defensively than this team right now. Not necessarily can't grow. I mean, listen, Kennedy... Uh, you know, Wotherspoon on the bench, you know, um, th- there's good young players who can grow and become very good players, even better players. But, you know, the days of the DeVosses and, um, you know, Jimmy Brennan, Paul Stolteri, Craig Forrest in goal, um, they mm. were good defensive outfits. You know, they were players playing in, in top leagues for very good teams. Yeah, which Randy, Randy Samuel, I mean, we go back to Randy Samuel as well, was a, Excellent defender in the Dutch league, the top Dutch league as well. Uh, excellent. And so is Ian Bridge. He played uh, quite a few years in the Switzerland league too. So, uh, yeah, we had really strong center backs that were very uh, seasoned for the most part and, and just good defenders all around. You know, right back, uh, left back, Mike Sweeney, Frank Yallop could slip into center back. I mean, he was a Premier League player of the year in a center back position, actually, with Ipswich when he won that uh, player of the year. So, yeah, it was really strong. Saying that, though, I mean, I thought that what we saw yesterday against a weaker side, I mean, the mobility of uh, the teams that they're going to see 
if they get past Haiti, is going to be much different than we've seen so far. Um, the United States look really good. The Mexicans look really good. That the game the other night had a great intensity. I haven't seen that for a long time. It was it was terrific. So those teams are coming a long way. Uh, both of them are very competitive, and they're going to be the teams to beat. But I think Canada's squad, guys, is third or fourth in Concacaf. Has to be. I think so too. Yeah, we'll, we'll and, find and out, right? But so go ahead, B. I was just going to say that I think that that's what you know Canadians can be really hopeful for, and you tease that. Haiti might not be, you know, much better than than Suriname. And this is not the same Haitian side that knocked Canada out of the Gold Cup in 2019. And this certainly is not the same Canada side that collapsed in the second half and, and lost. However, you know, Canada going on the road properly this time. Port-au-Prince against Haiti right now. I agree, Haiti aren't very good. Uh, and Canada should win those games. But the big mark against Canada over many years is they can't win on the road in CONCACAF, right? Now it's two legs, I understand that, but it'll be a test. But like you said there, Craig, the real test lies after that. And the level of homerism right now around this Canadian team, I, I guess we're allowed to have it, but it's a little bit off the charts at the moment. Let's it get re- some... some- it, it, it really is. It really <laughs> is. I mean, come on. I mean, there has never been a World Cup qualifying campaign like this one Playing teams in the in the in the hundreds ranking that just never happened. We never played. I played one team outside a hundred, and that happened to be Panama, which is a was a surprise that they were ranked that when we played them. Um, it's very rare, so it's uh, they were able to run the stats up. Can't you know it is what it is, but it's nothing like it has been in the past. It's the best opportunity to get to the final group we've seen since the nineties. And uh, it's a great opportunity. This team is certainly uh, in, in a great position to, to qualify if they do that. But they got to get through Haiti first, for sure. But my goodness, it's just unbelievable how everybody jumps on top of it uh, very, very quickly. But, oh, they're scoring all these goals, and they've never seen it before, and records are being broken. And What? Yeah, I know. Look at the opponents. My word. Look at the opponents. Let's see There's them do better it against teams Honduras. in Toronto's men's league. 100% they're on. 100%, that's not even a joke, though, I don't think. It's not a joke. You could find a team in the, in southern Ontario that would have beat any of those teams. Yeah, yeah. Cayman wow. Islands. Oh. Sweet. Jesus. Wow. I don't know what, what they about... were, but they weren't a football team. Brendan's team. Could Brendan's team have beaten Suriname well, or Aruba? With or without Brendan. With or without Brendan. <laughs> Funny story. I actually got an invite to play for the, for the Portuguese national hockey team. True story. Did, did so, you really? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to make the trip to Bucky, right? Luxembourg or wherever it was. No, it was definitely. It was definitely like you know, pseudo celebrity type of invite, and they were playing in some type of qualifying tournament. It's not a real official organization, the Portuguese Hockey Association. It's a bunch Who of Canadians and Who are they playing against? Uh, okay. Teams from Luxembourg and teams from Germany, I think. And where was this a tournament? This tournament was in Luxembourg. In Lux- oh, in Luxembourg. Yeah. Sorry, be in, you in know Luxembourg. what? You should try playing uh, football with your skates on. You might be average speed. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, I should. Yeah. Depending depending on how fast the turf is, you're right. So, so what happened? Why didn't we, you play? Because I couldn't. Because I had to work. I couldn't go to Luxembourg. Cool. You couldn't play for Portugal in a national. Yeah, but I also knew that I would die out there. It was you know there was guys on the team that were 52 years old. I didn't. I wasn't sure if it was like a real invite. Like, would it count? Would it go on my Wikipedia page? I wasn't sure. Maybe it was a ruse to get you kidnapped because, you know, you're this pseudo-celebrity and they could, like, you know, 
tie you to a chair in a basement in Luxembourg and then force at the time Sportsnet, was it? To to um pay a huge ransom for you. It's a good point. Or you know what? Maybe it was just a prank, a couple of prank calls to begin with, because it was the same voice both times. So <laughs> maybe it was just some guy winding me up from my own men's league at Westwood Arena in Etobicoke. Damn. Shouldn't tell no. people your dreams at the bar. I think that's what happened. You can tell us your dreams anytime. Yes, mm-hmm. this I wanted to talk to I wanted to ask Craig, do you think you know how we talked about the Leafs last week and how they blew it so badly? Do you think that Canada's lack of memory, the times that these guys can remember, they're so young now that it doesn't matter. That it doesn't they they take every game, they don't worry about our legacy of failure. At every point in the World Cup qualifying, except 86, you know, like, does that make a difference if these guys don't remember that stuff? I think that's a great question, Dan. I I, I honestly think it is. I, I, I don't think most of them are historians in Canadian soccer. Let's put it that way. They don't really probably know. They just probably know right now they're having a lot of fun. And so they should be. And plus, you're coming, you're talking about a time where, We've never been at when you've got Alfonso Davies that knows nothing but winning at the very, very top level. The very, very top level. And then you got the French League winner, you know, Jonathan David, you know, winning the French League. Like how confident or how much confidence do you actually need? Borian should be confident in goal, of course, winning four straight Serbian uh, Super Ligas. So... And then you got the Hutchison, <laughs> you know, it goes on and on, right? It's just incredible. So that confidence can only be uh, at a level that I don't think we've ever been at before as well. So, and you're right. I don't think their, their memory well, is, uh, is in a position right now to think anything negative. And only because you went through a period that I would say was kind of like the Donovan Bailey period of soccer. You literally knew that these guys missed out and lost opportunities and, you know, then D-Rose team, lost opportunities. I can't imagine how heavy that weighed with just having the coaches, the administration, the bureaucracy, and the fans going, remember that game? We yeah. lost that. We lost that. I mean, you, you've you seen it. And it that's, why we were afraid, that's why we, we were afraid of Suriname. Yeah, you're right. He's on us. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think we're a, a mature enough fan base and there's not enough football fans in this country to put the pressure on the players that they feel the weight of a nation on their shoulders. I just don't think we're there. This isn't Italy. This isn't England, right? right. Brazil. It's just different. Maybe we'll get there at some point, but right now, sadly, the vast majority of Canadians had no idea Canada was playing yesterday. Didn't have a clue. It's a small vocal minority. Yeah, you're, you're right. And you know, it's, it's up to these guys as well, and these players, uh, that down the road, no matter what happens as far as where the game is being played on what app or whatever, uh, but when the games against the United States and Mexico happen, there's going to be uh, a much different level of interest. It builds and builds. I mean, I go back to the 94 when we there was unfortunately only one spot automatic available take Mexico right to the end. Well, when we went through the rounds and we got into the final round, we're, we're neck and neck and neck and neck. The buzz in Canada was really, really cool. That was the, the best I'd ever seen it. I mean, we didn't come back after the Gold Cup because we flew straight back to Europe, most of us. So we didn't experience uh, 
sort of any kind of enjoyment of winning that tournament, but um, certainly that was different. I think you're right. Yeah, I think once you get to that point, when you're you're on the cusp and you're playing these big games and you're playing the states and the states right now, you watch their broadcasts, for example, they put a lot of money in those broadcasts. Yes, they do. And and uh, it looks like a legitimate, proper, big major league event. Um, so if Canada's part of that, that's going to be huge. And then you know, oh man, amazing. Well, even Imagine, more fellas, CBS, right? It was yeah. CBS across yeah. the board. That and this is nothing against one soccer at all. Nothing against one soccer. I think they do a really good job. Um, you know, no one else is jumping to the forefront to broadcast these games, right? Yeah. So, but it's still difficult to get the national exposure when, it, when it's not available on regular television or at least on cable television. Yeah. Simple as that. You know, and when you look at these games, uh, remember that going back to the 94, when there was 120,000 people at Azteca. Well, the reason being was it was a massive game for them. They needed to pump us. They needed the, the result. And they They got great support, but it was just... Like there was just an amazing buzz because they actually rated us and they really were worried about it. Turned out it wasn't so much, but <laughs> you, you talk but at about- home, and we, we knew, I mean, talking to Jorge Campos after and some of the other players that we knew quite well, they were worried for sure because they knew we were competitive at home and the you know, being in a position where that they lost that game to us, then they, they wouldn't have gone to the World Cup, so. You talk about recognizing the moment and recognizing the situation and then amplifying the attention based on that. And I think the Americans who always maybe have a tendency to turn the brightness up a little louder than some other nations, but they recognize that they have a a team full of young players who play on very notable big clubs in Europe. And that deserves, you know, the best of the best and the biggest attention. So that's a one hour pre-show and a one hour post-show with, you know, some of the biggest names uh, around and, I got to be honest, only being able to see what I can see on Twitter, Oguchi Anyewu, Clint Dempsey, Charlie Davies, and Kate Abdo, who is a phenomenal multilingual host. What a great show. And if that's going to, I think, you know, that's going to bring in a lot more viewers and attention to a, a team that's as exciting as and star-studded as, uh, well, certainly as, as Canada is and, and kind of on that level now. So it's it's been interesting to see how the Americans have done things on and off the pitch. Charms, yeah. you're right. and B, you're right. Like they, not only that, they literally had the perfect ending to that game, too. Let's be honest. The the drama and the performance of the broadcast met each other, right? Like, yes. literally, um, Pulisic scoring that, you know, getting tackled and in in, in, having a penalty to win the game. But the Americans coming back from 2-1 two, two to one to tie it in about 35 seconds, that was a fantastic game. And here's something that's never happened before. Talk about the best scenario for CONCACAF as well. You just had a Champions League winner who a week ago, two weeks ago, had his hands on the Champions League trophy. Now, over the moon to lift up this Nations League trophy. The elevation that that tournament had because of you know, Pulisic and McKenney and the Americans winning is massive. You know, also we haven't heard before ever, is, is Dan Wan talking about a CONCACAF soccer match like a baller, like a veteran, like a fan, man. Dan, welcome, buddy. You finally arrived after all this time. You're one of us. This is the problem. Craig knows I have been following Canada soccer since the 80s. And it's like the one thing I can, t- the one thing I can talk about is CONCACAF. When you guys start talking EPL, I know that we're going to end up being an EPL show. <laughs> Look, but I appreciate it, Sharp. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. You're way. getting there, Wonger. You're getting there, buddy. You yeah, know, well. Well. Hey, you know, there's a lot of lot to know. Like, there's a million. I just learned something the other day. 
Did you? I've never, I never heard of the Baltic Cup before. Baltic Cup? No. What is did it? You get a, did you get an invite to play on Moldovan matchup team? That's Baltic Pie. Kevin Pratt from TSN was over in Latvia doing the World Hockey Championships, producing it, right, for TSN. Anyway, he went to Latvia against Lithuania. There's only three teams in the Baltic Cup, and there's only one longer, older tournament. That's the English, the uh, the Africa. British nations. Oh, That's the only tournament older than the Baltic Cup. So there you go. There's a football tournament. There's so much three, to know more. It's a three-team league. Huh? It's a three-team league. It's a three-team tournament. Tournament, sorry, yeah. Three-team yeah. tournament. Wow. Yeah, the, and Finland's been three. invited twice, but... Oh. So basically it's a CFL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And he said he didn't think he saw a worse game in his life, I think. <laughs> it's strange because in most sporting realms, Latvia Lithuania would bring out all the fans. Yeah, Latvia is uh, not as strong. I think they're ranked like 130. Well, <laughs> they might be there or thereabouts with uh, Suriname or St. Vincent. Was it in Riga? Is that where he was? No. Yeah, apparently Riga is an incredible city. He said it was a beautiful city. Go back there in a heartbeat. I was yeah, going to yeah. say, since Wonger has become, you know, the tactical breakdown guy, allow me to become Wonger and say, God, I wish I had a bachelor party in Riga. Because yeah. I've heard that it's, it's, it's a hot spot, you know? actually, for, for British uh, um, wedding parties. Sure. And it's become, party, it's become that. It's become that because they've been chased out of Budapest and Prague. And now yeah, exactly. They'll soon, they'll soon mess up that city as well. Yeah. What's the capital of, of Moldova? Because in five years, that'll be the bachelor party capital of the world. Yeah, exactly. It's spit. Oh. It's spit. <laughs> is that what it's called? No, I don't know. But isn't there a oh. capital called spit? No, you're you're thinking of the Croatian city of Split. Oh, split. <laughs> <I> just spit. <laughs> you think it's a banana split? <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Let's toss some Euro, shall we? Apparently, kicks off very shortly, and we're all very excited about it. And as mentioned, we'll be joining you every single day on this very platform uh, and more about that in the next few minutes. But uh, this is going to be, I think, a compelling tournament, wide open. Craig, let, let's get your insight into tournament football. You know, you, you're, you're a tournament footballer. You played in so many of them. It's different to leagues, obviously. It's different setup. T- talk us, tell us what it's like to be inside that, that setup. When you leave home and you travel somewhere um, and, and you're in that contained environment for hopefully a month, but more likely two weeks. What's it like? Explain to us. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's different for sure. As far as uh, there's a lot of intensity, you got a manager that hasn't done much usually for over the, you know, year builds up obviously before you get to a major tournament, but a manager that's sitting watching games and getting calls and talking to players. And then all of a sudden it gets really busy for coaching staff, uh, sports scientists, uh, doctors, um, obviously with uh, the COVID situation, there'll be a lot of testing still going on, um, I'm sure. Um, so these other things that you have to deal with, peripheral, they, and even things like uh, tickets and, you know, dealing with tickets and who's doing that and uh, how much influence are, you know, you have family that have traveled to a city or this one's a little bit different, obviously with 11 cities being used, but you'll have a lot of family and friends that will travel to that area. And 
you got to keep yourself distance from that and completely separate yourself and the pressures of that and computers and access to social media and things like that. I think there's a time when you need to put that down. Certainly at nighttime, you don't need your brain being fired up uh, all the time like that. That's just a little bit different and you got a lot of time on your hands. So the management's got to keep things busy and buzzing and uh, have things around that you, you've got to do and keep uh, everybody active. And you're, and you're dealing with one game at a time. Remember, it's not a league. You, you, you can't, uh, lose three on the bounce and think, oh, well, well that's okay. We'll, we'll get it back. Uh, you know, you can't. There's no chance of that. So I think what we'll see, as excited as I am about the tournament, I think we're going to see a lot of defensive football and football that we're not used to seeing over the last few months, to be honest with you. Lots of possession, but I don't think it'll be – it would be conceded possession and teams will be playing not to lose. That third, that third place, you know – falling in there and four of the th- six team groups having that thir- third place team going through changes that exact, that, that, that reasoning for it. And I think Portugal was a great example of it last time. They didn't lose either game. I think they didn't win a game in the group stage, didn't lose one, drew all three, zero goal differential, and they got out of the group. So that's your main goal. So are you worried about playing attractive football is, you know, down the road? Is John Herdman worried about playing? No, he's worried. He's thinking of a game plan that works to win the game. And he just happens to have some very attractive players in the meantime that could do that. A couple of things you said there, Craig. The first one talking about managing expectations and managing the day. I know very different with the social media that players have to deal with now, but uh, particularly in England, you know, the, the media could be very critical and very pointed and really get in the minds of a, a lot of players, not just in England, but, you know, across the board, no matter what setup they're in. When you are in a hotel for 30 days, when you are with the same guys sitting across from the same faces every meal, how do you kind of block that out and not let it affect you? Well, in England, it's difficult because, you know, it's coming at you sideways. Um, but you, you know, Garrett, you know, the, the coaching staff there knows it as well as anybody and how much pressure there really is on the English team. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets incredibly tough. And you can imagine the pressure because you can see it happening. They're going to go to penalties. <laughs> imagine taking a penalty for England like it, you just the one that you have to score. and. But they did get over there that hoodoo at the World Cup, right? They did. Finally. There's still long memories, though. <laughs> it's about fans and holding oh, on the yeah, yeah. And that's, as an England fan, you know, yeah, I know they won in the World Cup, but I still, my memory go jumps to all those other losses to Portugal, to, to Germany, to West Germany, to God, you name it, Holland. Like, dear God, it's just a, a thing of nightmares. Yeah. To, to Wonger's point, though, and I do think, you know, there is something about this generation that I don't think that it's, it's not that they're not aware of it, but they don't hold on to it and carry it the same way. I don't think it, it doesn't weigh on their head in the moment the same mm-hmm. way. And you look at all of the young stars and the young players that have come yeah. up through these English, you know, famed English programs, and English teams, but still wanting to to play for the three Lions without the same type of fear, it seems like. I, th- I think in a penalty scenario, you got to look at it as a total clean slate because as you're right, Charms, they did get over it once. And so for this new crop now, that is totally deleted, I think. They, they can yeah. start building their own failure narrative. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's right. You know, but at the same time, <laughs> you, you make a really good point there that, you know, that these guys are in that sort of space at the moment. Um, 
that they know the pressures. They know they're under a lot of great deal of pressure to do be very successful. But what's that? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted oh. to, to tip off to Sharman that after this, I had another question for you. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, it's. Uh, I think that the mentality too is a big thing, and and quite honestly, to get to where these players are in the first place, not even just England, but the Premier League teams. If you if it really bothered you with the negativity, um, you wouldn't have got there. Like so, it might bother you. You feel it. You want to be successful, and there's almost an anxiety of uh, you know wanting the result as opposed to just thinking of the actual process of going through it. But uh, it exists. You know, it exists that uh, that pressure uh, is at a little bit of a different level. That even though these guys can deal with it, uh, it's still there. It, they're human beings. Yeah, and it's the elements that have changed it. Like when you're playing in your club team, and yes, you can escape social media, and you're sleeping in your own bed, you're you know with your family in your own home in your own space, but being locked away in a hotel or traveling as they will be through across eleven countries, I just feel like I, I couldn't imagine being in that situation. And you look at you know these players that have dealt with this. A lot of these players, especially the stars, have dealt with this as, as teens, and in the national program or the club program. But you look at Kylian Mbappe, who, you know, it seems like the French every year start the tournament with a problem. And we talked about, you know, could it be that Benzema? There's got to be some guys in that room that don't agree with Benzema being there. There's got to be some guys in that room that would have sided with Matthew Valbuena and feel he shouldn't be there. And now... Yeah, but when... No, but when they look... Yeah, so finish. Kylian Mbappe in the media, saying that the media is far too critical on him and his teammates, and he's already on the media in the tune-ups here. I feel like they're coming out of the gate with problems, France. You're hoping. You're just hoping because you just I am. dismiss France for weeks now because you're all about your, your precious Portugal. So you're hoping they're going to implode. That's what it comes down to. He, he's if just I'm, trying to talk himself into a good bet. <laughs> if, I, if I'm the France players and if I'm upset because Benzema's there, I should look at the guy beside him, Olivier Giroud, and think, man, maybe I shouldn't be that upset that Benzema's here. Love Giroud and all, but not much of a goal scorer in recent years. Yeah, Benzema is amazing. I thought, you know, I was doing some picks today and picking who will be the, the top scorer at this year's tournament. And, uh, you know, your head goes to Harry Kane straight away, but I think, I think Harry Kane could crash out in the first knockout round to Portugal. I think it's going to be a France player. And mm. I thought about Kylian Mbappe, but then I thought, man, but Kareem Benzema, man, he's hungry. He wants to prove something right now as well. And he's coming off a good season in an otherwise somewhat disappointing Real Madrid campaign. I know. Um, so I, I think I picked Mbappe in the end, just because even though he might be pissed off with the media, he's just so good. He's just too good to discount. But man, Benzema, you, you can't call him a dark horse for that golden boot, but he could well get it. You know, with all the superstars they have, though, I go through all them and the deciding factor that I had that uh, – put France on top was the fact that Kante is there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like he is yeah. just, he's just the X factor. Someone, I, I saw someone um, talk about this and saying he could be the best midfielder in the world. Right. Which he would never be considered before. Right. Because he's not going to score goals. He's not going to thread too many beautiful passes for assists. He won't beat a guy one-on-one necessarily. But right now, if you're a coach and you're building a team, don't you want to start with him in your midfield? Who's going to win that ball wherever it is for your skilled players? I think I might. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see how he plays for France without having Jorginho next to him. 
who did a lot of, I think, the the harder work, certainly farther back the, on the pitch um, than he's been able to do at Chelsea now. So I think that, that you're, you're actually seeing a, a complete player, Conte, and we already thought he was world-class in that hole that he used to play in. So, he's got more going forward, hasn't he, than, than perhaps we give him credit for, yes. Certainly, certainly. And I think that that's, that's what's made him, well, work for Chelsea, um, having Jorginho next to him, to go back in that that old hole for, for France. Uh, I just wonder if the pieces around him can respond the same way. Uh, obviously, he's you know, going to be the hardest working player on the pitch, always is, and he still smiles somehow. But I do wonder if, if you know, changing the pieces around him and, uh, and changing his role will be difficult in a short tournament, especially with the tough games that they have to kick things off. Well, it's interesting to me because I have nothing to say about this, but I still want to go back to the fact that Brendan said I had a point. That was about <laughs> eight minutes ago. Longer, ever since I met you, buddy, I, I'm like, there's something, you know, forget what these guys say about that Wonger. There's something real special about him. I'm going to figure it out. And it took yeah. years, but we found it out tonight. CONCACAF expert. That's right. Yeah, and new insider. Short bus. Short bus. That's it. <laughs> the new insider. Um, but once you're in that camp, Craig, you know, in a, in a short, short you know, tournament or a long tournament, um, where, do, where does training fit in? Where do tactics fit in? Is there a lot of video sessions? You can't. There's a lot of recovery sessions, right? A lot of it's about recovery and being ready for the next game. But how much of it is actually, you know, on that field, not so much learning stuff because by now you should know what, what the manager wants from you, but, you know, perfecting those those drills. They'll be, do, they'll be doing lots of things with the squad and the starting lineup, uh, attack versus defense, set pieces. There'll be – there's plenty of stuff to work on. Um, physically, obviously, they got to watch their minutes – out there, but you can still do an awful lot as far as shape goes without being, you know, too taxing physically. And then you do, you know, as, as much as you want or depending on reading the players and whether they're burnt out at the end of the day. Um, who's that barking? Is that Dickio? <laughs> hey, Daddy's here. <laughs> it's funny. My, my big German shepherd's my... My big German Shepherd's at my feet, whining, and I muted my mic. And now, in the other window, there's a dog. There's so many animals between us here. <laughs> well, this show's what, always cats, been a zoo. Two dogs, three dogs. Hmm? Oh wow! This this show has always been a zoo. That's the best description, I think. Nice, yeah. Well, Craig's got a cat, right? I've got a cat. I've got two dogs as well. You got a dog, but Wonga, no animals. We eat them oh, where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> We just put him on a rack. Now, my girlfriend has a dog. We we all know Alice. Alice is a sweetheart. Love Alice, but you're not there right now, are you? You're at home right now, aren't you? No, I met I met my girls. Oh, are you? I thought you were at home. Okay. No, she let she let me set up in her basement. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Well, say hi to Alice for me. I will. To I live? Like that's that's where she wants you to live in the basement. <laughs> well, I hope so. This is be the better apartment than than the forest over there. <laughs> but Craig has random sucker shirts hanging from coat hangers. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. One of them's an Arsenal shirt with his name on it. I know it's weird. <laughs> I thought that's weird. Can you explain that to us, Craig? Do you want me to see it? Do you want to see it? Do you want me to yeah, it? sure. Yeah. Show it to us and explain why you have an Arsenal shirt with Forrest on the back. I am going to place a wager. The odds are plus two fifty that it was a gift from a shirt sponsor. And uh, someone who was trying to lure him in. Either that or you did a charity event at the Emirates. Puma were so nice to 
send me this jersey when it came out. It was a new kit, Arsenal. And there's so that they put my name on it, except they, uh, they're just they're one hour <laughs> short. It's spelled his name wrong. It's the forest as in a bunch of trees. That's right. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe there's a wrinkle. <laughs> Forget for old Steve Forrest. They had an extra one. Steve Forrest. Good old Steve. Yeah, Look good him old up Steve in the phone book. I forgot that Craig's got a my favorite number, number seventeen too. Yeah. <laughs> Do, do you know what's funny, actually, that several times I have written about Forest in the Wilderness and I have added a, a second R because it's or either I've added it or my phone has added it. So we're going to have to uh, mute charms. He's got a Sorry, attack yeah, think, of the werewolves. I think my dogs are attacking my daughter right now or something. Yeah, she'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that Craig's got that little affiliation with, with Puma. Must explain why we're all covered in Puma gear right now. eh? Hey, boys. Sponsorship. Sponsorships. Hey, I, I love me some Puma, you know. I love Back Puma too, yeah. When, when I was in high school, uh that was uh with those those race car driver imitation shoes, that was the style. I tell you, I have shin splints still to this day because of uh yeah. overwalking in those shoes, but damn look, I at, the, look at these beauties. For the let's They're describe nice. the, the nice. Ralph Sampson. We'll describe the Ralph Sampsons for the listening audience. Is he full on Al Bundy's The Shoe in the webcam for us here to see the black and white combination of the classic Ralph Sampson Puma? Wait a second. Is that Ralph Sampson, University of Virginia, Houston, like who the basketball player Ralph Sampson? He yes. had his own Puma shoe? Yes. And they brought it back. He was one of the Twin two. Towers. Well, here got was a that. fight with Larry Bird. Jesus. Yes. Long time ago. Virginia Cavaliers undefeated season? Wow. You, Puma, you, Puma, will you please send Dan Wong some bloody Ralph Sampson shoes? That was pretty true. impressive. Wow. Who is this? Nice? wow, this Wong encyclopedia over here. They were nice. Ralph Sampson. I didn't let's, know you were talking about music, music of the 80s. Let's play I know, some Don't of Sampson. <laughs> oh, tune in to Wonger's College uh, Sports Ooh. Podcast. Don't pay the players. That's right. That's right. He's an NBA player, uh, Charms. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was uh, Dunlop's dog, Samson. <laughs> Ralph. My first pair of um, soccer boots was uh, a pair of Pumas, Puma Kenny Dalgleishes. Oh, nice. And I can still smell them. Mm, you know, when you're a kid and you get those boots, they were new. Craig, before you give me that oh. look, they're brand new. <laughs> they were secondhand. You know, I'm from a very affluent family, as Dickie always reminds me. That's right. <laughs> I got new I got new boots, me. Posh, posh <laughs> Kings. Sorry? Kings? I don't, I'm not sure what they were, but I, I know just they had like the Dalgleish on the side. Yeah. What did they smell like? You say you remember the smell. Like lambs, skin, mm. soft leather. Mm. By the way, lads, one more thing about the, uh, the our national team. It's going to be hot down there in Haiti, eh? Yeah. yeah, not to mention it's a pandemic under emergency order and there's civil unrest everywhere. Yeah, it's not great, is it? This is, like, nobody's supposed to travel issues. there. They, they, they've got it. I mean, there's not crazy cases, but they don't even know how many cases they got there, I don't think. And it's going to be hot. They're calling for 10 millimeters of rain. So, you know, the pitch is artificial, though, right? So it's, it's actually a, a decent passing surface. So I don't have to worry about that. I'd rather have that than a cow pasture. And they imagine that rain and mud and stuff. Oh, you know, 
Level with, up. These, with these players, fast artificial pitch, that's got to be advantage Canada, right? Even though it is the home pitch of Haiti. Oh, yeah. When I saw that they had an artificial surface, I was like, well, that's a great. And even if it's wet, it's better that it's got it's wet. You just don't want it torrential and wind affecting the match and stuff like that. But they're not calling for a ton of wind. So, All right, boys. Well, um, we've covered a lot today from Euro to CONCACAF. Um, but as I mentioned, we'll be joining you every single day starting today throughout Euro for our special footy prime does the Euros. And we're very happy and proud to announce a new partnership starting tomorrow. I guess we'll start today with it, won't we? Starting today, we've got a little partnership with Sports Interaction. Right, JC? Footy Prime presents Footy Picks Euro Edition, brought to you by Sports Interaction. Well, Sports Interaction, welcome to the Prime. James Sharman, Dan Wong, Brendan Dunlop, and Craig Forrest here with you somewhere in the deep south. Well, Arizona is Danny Dickio. He'll join us to it at some point. But uh, so many fascinating, intriguing betting lines to talk about ahead of this tournament. And it all kicks off, of course, on Friday. Italy against Turkey. Italy I don't think we can call them a dark horse because they're the, the mighty Azuri, right? But coming off a failure at the World Cup in 2018, didn't qualify. They've really bounced back now under a Buddha Mancini boys. And they are playing loose, fun, dare I say, attacking football right now. But they're taking a Turkey team on here, B. A Turkey team that has, I don't know, something about them that they scream dark horse to me. Do you see any value in either of these I tell you where the value is. It's uh, not on Italy in the opener. It's on the draw. Absolutely. Because I think Turkey is a much stronger team. And for as many question marks as there might be about this Italian side that just don't have the names that strike out on paper, although they're, you know, you look at them, if fans of the Serie A will say this might be one of the most complete teams from front to back that Italy has sent to a tournament. I think the Turkish supporters would say the same thing. And you look at their strengths defensively at center back with Soyuncu and Demiral playing for two of the top teams. Uh, in European uh, in the European leagues, and then the two little men at the front in uh, Yazicki, uh and uh, and the, the big man there, Burak Yilmaz. I think that Turkey is going to score a lot of goals, and they're not going to concede as many in past years. So I like the draw for the opener. Yilmaz is what 110 years old now. It's unbelievable what he's done this year. He's just bounced back. It's incredible, and had that that great season uh, beside our boy Jonathan David of Canada, winning a championship there, Craig. But uh, what do you think? The over-under is two and a half on goals, Craig. Uh, B mentioned, and you mentioned in, the, in, our, in our main podcast earlier, how you think you're going to see typical defensive football in, in this European Championships. Um, two and a half goals seems quite high for an opener especially, which often is very pragmatic. What do you see? Yeah, and I think going by the odds there, I think that the actual, um, you pull that up again, Dan, I think we can see it. The odds are for, under is better. It's the favorite. You got to lay the juice for the under. Because the bookies think that it's that we're not going to get a high goal total. So you, it's going to cost you to go for the under. But that's where they right. think the money's going. My, I, like the under, I like the under there, you know. I like the under and draw, to be honest. I was thrown out, I was thrown out earlier a little chat with Craig that it was the average score of the 2016 Euro was 2.34 goals. So if they're hitting 2.5, it makes sense that that's the the under with the the less odds. But at the same time, it's going to be a 2-0 game or a 1-1 game. 
I don't know. I, I'm feeling really optimistic about the number of goals we'll see at this year's tournament. There's far more top strikers these days than there are top centre-backs. And I think there are a lot more coaches prepared to play more of an open brand of football than we've seen in, in previous tournaments. Um, I could be wrong entirely. I often am. No, you know, you have a point, Charms, that you do. And I hope you're right. I hope you're right, because that would be fantastic, because the talent out there is, you know, for everybody to see, you know, on paper, it's, a, it's pretty impressive. The Euros is always good. Even with the expansion to 24 teams, there's not that many weak ones. There isn't. I mean, North Macedonia, who's probably the weakest, beat Germany, right, in, in the Nations League. So, hey, they're not, you know, a, a team to just dismiss. That's why we thought uh, Canada's opponent there. Can't even remember their zero now. We thought they were a little bit better. I didn't think they would beat Canada. I didn't whoa, think they would don't, don't talk about we thought that. You people thought that. Yeah, if you didn't listen to a previous episode. <laughs> you can't even spell your name right, can you, Forrest? <laughs> well, listen, if you like this, you're going to love it throughout the tournament. <laughs> Quality video entertainment. I was about to do play-by-play because for a second I forgot that we were also video. I know exactly, right? Watch yourselves, boys. You know, you know the, the, the world is watching right now. Our every move and you can see the back of our houses and the back of our apartment buildings. And boy, wow. who knows thank what could you, happen. Thank you, Sports Interaction. Yeah, Sports Interaction, thank you very much. Uh, this will be a lot of fun in all seriousness and we cannot wait for what will be an amazing, compelling tournament. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Log on to sportsinteraction.com and sign up today. First-time members get a 100% matched bonus on their first deposit up to $200. Catch Footy Picks Euro Edition every game day during the tournament. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.